Los Nachos Amigos, welcome to another fine episode of the Fanny Pack Wrestling Podcast. I am Petey Rave, once again, your man with no plan. Here with me, as always, is DJM. How you doing, DJM? I am doing downright copacetic, Petey Rave. Because indie wrestling is alive and well. We're rolling along. The week that wrestling died is over, and wrestling is alive once again, starting with National Pro Wrestling Day. I'm so, as the kids in the in-game community like to say, hype to talk about this show. But we can't talk about it alone, can we? Because this was live streamed PD Rave. And and a couple of our friends actually watched this show as it was happening as well. Yeah, uh, we have our guest for this evening. We have none other than one, the one and only, the man, the myth, the the legend, Patty McSwag, aka Patrick Swagger. How you doing, Pat? You guys can't see, but I just came out in a flurry of Sparks Goldberg style, like jumping up and down like a crazy person with my shirt off. Mm-hmm. I figured that's my entr- my entrance, just because I always thought that was the most ridiculous entrance. But uh, I'm I am happy to Did be. Did you here. have the the sparklers, a la Chris Jericho and Ralphus? <laughs> Whew, digging deep there. Digging yes. deep. Nope, nope. I I went full on pyro. Yeah, uh, full on pyro. I did the uh, jumpy thing where 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 when I hit the ground, the pyro shoots off. It was awesome. You guys just missed it. Mm. That's a shame. Now I'm going to march shame. to the ring to find some jobber and jackhammer him and walk out again and continue my streak. Yes, the new streak. Not not quite as good as uh, Robert Evans' new streak, uh, which includes uh, victory over Dennis Rodman in North Korea, apparently. But a good streak nonetheless. Anyways, uh, we are talking about National Pro Wrestling Day, uh, an exciting day, a day of happiness and joy and celebration. Uh, really cool, fun. It's the second year of National Pro Wrestling Day. Uh, right off the bat, let's talk about what was different of this year than last year, DJ? And what were some of the things that you noticed that were different about it this year? I noticed that in this year, in comparison to the first National Pro Wrestling Day, uh, there were not nearly as many wrestling promotions that came to contribute. Uh, th- there was a live stream, which was good, uh, but it seemed as though a lot of other organizations were rather inconspicuous in their participation. Uh, I don't know if you noticed that, Petey. Yeah. <clears throat> it was uh, it was something where they, uh, when they were gearing up to the planning of the National Pro Wrestling Day, one of the things that I noticed right off the bat was that they said that they were uh, re- they were to receive uh, requests and offers from wrestlers but not organizations. Uh because they were going to focus on just booking wrestlers. And I have a sneaking suspicion that it may have something to do with a little temper tantrum that was thrown by a certain organization that does their shows in Voorhees, New Jersey. Uh, just, just a guess. Just a guess. Uh, maybe the, a place that wrestles in a certain zone. Yeah, just to guess that that may have been the impetus for oh, going again. with the wrestling 
promotions and again? more go with the wrestlers. Oh man, not them again. Uh, what do- yeah. They're your favorites, aren't you? Aren't they? Let's move into the opening of this show, <laughs> Petey. Alright, so yeah, so a bunch of really fantastic wrestlers, uh, a fantastic cause too, which we'll get, get into, but a bunch of really fantastic wrestlers getting together to celebrate pro wrestling. Uh, the start, uh, of the event starts with a very, even though wrestling is art doesn't exist, a very wrestling is art, <laughs> uh, showcase match. Uh, Colt Cabana taking on Drew Gulak in a best two out of threes, uh, match, a uh, best two out of three falls match. Um, DJM. Did you, were you, what were your hopes for this match? Uh, especially considering that you're not the biggest Drew Gulak fan. Uh, I, I went into this match with no real expectations. I feel like I got exactly the match I was expecting, except it might have been a little bit shorter. Uh, I would have liked this to have gone a, a little bit longer. It seemed very, very short. The first fall happened really quickly. The second fall happened really quickly. And those got out of the way. And then Cabana and Gulak could have been like, okay, we got those out of the way. Let's actually have the match now. And then out of nowhere, whoa, it was already over. Yeah. Um, It really felt like this match could have been a little bit more. Uh, I don't know if just neither of them felt like going for much longer, but it, it left me feeling a bit a bit underwhelmed uh it lowered my expectations of a cult cabana match a little bit and it really did not push me anywhere towards being more interested in drew gulak Hmm. i felt this match was very very underwhelming it was it was fine they they did the stuff that that everyone expected them to it just it just kind of came and went like next then you know it was already over yeah uh well, what did you think uh patrick so uh i love colt cabana i i think he is better than pretty much everyone in the big leagues in terms of a character and being just a, a really excellent face in wrestling like just being someone you you can't hate on at all and he's he's good in the ring and he knows what he's doing drew gulak is he is all of like that whole technical wizardry that they talked about back in the day with like a guy like Ken Shamrock without the scariness of Ken Shamrock. So he's really boring, <laughs> which I think like the guy, the guy knows what he's doing. He just, he has no character. He doesn't have a, a character. Like now he's just, I will say this. He might, Drew, he might in other places, but not here. I, I will say this. Drew Gulak is the current and reigning CZW world heavyweight champion. So. I would imagine that in CZW, he, he does have a little bit more to him, but I don't watch a lot of CZW. Yeah, so, from what I gather, he there you is, go. from what I gather, his or, he leads the organization, uh, uh, a, the, uh, the organization for a better CZW or something like that. And it's more like a, you know, a right to censor thing like that. And the, the, he may, he essentially is, uh, aggressively boring character as a heel. So it's like that his thing is that he's aggressively boring and he wants to make CZW boring and unviolent. Apparently. From from the surface. So Because wrestling is boring. 
That's that's the next <sighs> wrestling is promotion. Wrestling ah, is you boring. beat me to it. You be- beat me to it. <laughs> Mike Quackenbush, send me a check. Yes. Uh, but yeah, and, and we've all, yeah, we've, we've had our storied history with Drew Gulak. I think, uh, he's a, he's a very nice guy. He's, he's a nice guy. Just, I don't, I don't have anything bad to say about him. But, like, he's, he's, he is, he is the wrestling definition of milk toast. Hmm. He's just sort of there, you know, he exists, he does his thing, but he's not exciting. I mean, he, in the ring, he like, he's okay. Good, but like, yeah. if you have a guy like Colt Cabana, like the thing that I love about Colt Cabana is he'll be a goofball, and especially like when you're the opener of what is essentially kind of a fun show with where there's there's no storyline, there's no or there's no nothing really at stake. Like yeah. you should have some fun with that, and that yeah. you know in other matches happen, and in this match it's like you can put Colt, Colt Cabana in a match and it's not fun. It, it's not what I want. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's basically what we've been, it's basically what DJM has been saying for a while now, and I, and I agree with him about Drew Gulak. Uh, DJM has been vindicated by you. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, that's basically what Maybe we had to He should wear a hat. Yes. Uh, so, and, and it was, a, it was an okay match, but that's basically what we thought about it. But moving on, we did have a little bit more of an exciting match, uh, after this. With some trios action. Uh, it's always good when you hear, uh, uh, our boy Gavin Loudspeaker say the word trios. Uh, by the way, Gavin Loudspeaker throughout this event, uh, exercising his right to bear arms. Uh, uh, what rocking the sleeve? Very pale, leather. very stringy arms. Yes. Uh, yes. He's a, he's a, he's a very, very pale, very Greek individual, and you gotta love him. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but trios action with the Baltic Siege taking on Polar Baron's block party, uh, not performing helicopter, uh, but simply wrestling. Um, so the wrong, the, 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 not the wrong, the different block party. I got confused for a second, but I, I, I got there and I landed and I figured out what was going on. Baltic Siege versus, uh, block party. Uh, how excited were you to to get into this uh DJM this match? <laughs> I I simply tweeted out just in complete utter joy. Oh, Estonian Thunderfrog, how I have missed you. <laughs> and one it was that and also just the fact that it was a trios match. It it gave me the good feels as the kids on Tumblr like to say. Mm-hmm. Good feels. And uh, what did you think, Swag? I I adore the Baltic Siege and Thunderfrog much in the way that DJM does. And I'm a big fan of the Latvian Proud Oak. I just yeah. his and and like like just pulling the curtain back for a second. The fact that he is that goofy and yet that seemingly effective is maybe the best in ring character ever. Because it it's it's like. He sh- it shouldn't work. It should be like he should just like fall all the time. But he somehow performs wrestling moves and, yes. and takes falls and is brilliant and he? yet is yeah. a, a, I, I just a had, proud oak tree. I just had an amazing dream match idea. Yeah. The Latvian Proud Oak versus Mokujin Ken. 
<laughs> oh god. That would be interesting. Tell tell me you wouldn't want to see that. Oh I, I'm I'm gonna have to picture it in my head. Do, you know, I'm gonna have to, to maybe let's, we can put it into WWE two K fourteen. Go let's call tweet up, that out after the show. Let's tweet that out. We see that at out. the very least Kree Fufu can uh uh take care of that uh for us in WWE two K fourteen. Hopefully. Uh, also, I, I'm currently one other Googling great thing. Cannon, oh my god! <laughs> uh, another great thing about this match, and, and Petey, you were the one that mentioned this live, is that uh, there were some dives. Yes, uh, including uh, the the Lithuanian snow troll did a dive. Uh, however, no one screamed out avalanche, which I thought yeah. was strange. Uh, no. uh, also, for the Latvian proud oak, you mentioned no one said timber. Which I also thought was a little weird. But you know what? I think wrestling is fans have been a little rusty since everything that's been going down with the wrestling is organizations has been going down. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think over time, uh, fans will start getting back into, uh, as they say, making themselves a part of the show. Yeah. So maybe maybe over time they'll come around. They'll they'll get into the rhythm. They'll get into the to the rhythm of things, and they'll start to to, to feel it more. But yeah, I had some uh, fantastic uh, uh, action, some fantastic uh, wrestling moments, you know. And the, the characters is just so much fun. Even like the the villainous characters are so much fun. The uh, on I forget his name, but the one the strongman dude from the the block party, the not. Uh, the, the, oh, the board. Mr. Azerbaijan? Yes. Oh my god. He, he had his fantastic moments that were just, uh, <laughs> were just hilarious. Uh. The back rakes. Yeah, the, the back rakes. Back rakes. Oh, the back rakes. Oh, I, I love back rakes just because they're, I feel like back rakes are a hat tip to, to just say, this is exactly what we're doing here. Yes. Let's be clear about this. That, we're here for a good time. That reminded me of a show, a Ring of Honor show, uh, that here in Detroit, actually, uh, that I got to see live. It was one of, uh, Claudio Castagnoli's last shows before he became Antonio Cesaro. Uh, it was affectionately referred to as the Night of the Snapmare, <laughs> where Claudio was having a match with Ruckus from the Blackout, uh, and they just started giving each other snapmares, uh, until, yeah, like, Eventually, the crowd really started getting into it. And then Claudio gave Ruckus uh, a snapmare off the top rope. <laughs> and then that just led to the entire show having matches with the occasional snapmare. And the crowd would just go crazy for it whenever <laughs> there was a snapmare. Yes. Uh, and that that's what that reminded me of, the, the match of the backward. Yes. It was wonderful. Yes. Oh, and it's that was... I, I love in these shows... And why it's the stuff that you can't do on TV. Yeah. Because no. it's, just, it's too silly for TV. Yeah, no. Uh, and for some reason, it reminds me of, of, uh, $5 Wrestling live at WrestleCon. Uh, we were watching, uh, what they had set it up was we were watching on the wall, projected on the wall, some bad wrestling. And in one of the matches, some Bam Bam Bigelow looking dude, I it may have actually been Bam Bam Bigelow. I don't remember. But uh, through to mu through much of the early parts of the match, he was doing almost nothing but shoulder tackles. And then 
Uh, to the point where, uh, Col- uh, I think Cole Cabana bet- said, I was like, I bet, you know, the, the, uh, uh, I think it was like, if, uh, no, yeah, they were saying, all right, new drinking game. Drink every time he does a shoulder tackle. And then it, it, from that point forward, they, they, there hadn't been a shoulder tackle for a while. Then they were like, wait, where the hell is the shoulder tackles again? And they were like, they got the whole crowd that was there to start chanting, shoulder tackle. Shoulder tackle. Uh, it was, that, that's just one of those like, uh, hilarious moments. Even with like watching taped wrestling, you know, <laughs> those like communal, you know, wrestling fan experiences, like wrestling, you know, weird, silly wrestling fan experiences that we have. But yeah, <clears throat> that was a fantastic trios match. Give you the classic good guys win, but get beat up by the bad guys <laughs> thing. And. The Estonian Thunder Frog bought the hammer down. She he brought, the, brought the brought the new pretty, hammer. Pretty hammer and now. Is an upgraded hammer. A nice, sexy upgraded hammer. He leveled up. He he got new gear. Uh, he looted some. I don't know what he had to loot to get that new gear. I'm I'm, I'm gonna guess it's a purple. Uh, that has to be a purple. That looks like rare equipment right there. Uh, but yeah, trios action, Baltic siege, triumphant. Uh, I, I cannot wait now that now that things are happening for a King of Trios with the Baltic siege in it. Yes, I think they good. go deep in King of Trios. Oh yeah, one step at a time. One, one step, step at a time. One Just step saying. beyond. In, in a theoretical one. King of Trios, I think they can go deep. Mm-hmm. Go balls deep. Um. Then, uh, alright, so, next match, next up on the card, we had a fun little showcase, um, Hallow Wicked, uh, taking on the visiting, uh, representative of Ring of Honor, uh, Mike Bennett, uh, who, it's funny, Mike Bennett has been at two Chikara related shows now, and he's, he's almost seems like he's somebody that and well, no, he doesn't necessarily fit in Chikara, but it almost seems like, hey, he'd be somebody that would be up for being in Chikara a bunch of times. I don't know. Do you get the sense that he's like a, he's like a, in, a, a ancillary supporter of, of the, of the organization and he really digs it? Uh, DJ? I, I think that the whole thing about Mike Bennett is that no, he does not fit in Chikara. And that's the point. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why, that's why he comes in and it works for him. He's so not indie wrestling that it works terrifically. Yeah. And he, he relishes in it. He, and... he perfectly plays the dude that hates the silliness and just wants to win. Yes. Uh, and he does it really well. Uh, and he had a really fantastic match with Hollow Wicked, uh, who we of course love. Uh, yeah, it, uh, Patrick, what, what did you think of kind of the, this, uh, uh, throwdown with DC? Um, I sort of, I see what you guys are saying about him fitting in by not fitting in. He, I think, I think the thing about, about a lot of Chikara is the heels are still likable because they're so over the top. And Bennett is just like an, like, he's just kind of comes off as a dick. 
Mm-hmm. Which I think is what he's going for, which is probably a compliment. But he just comes off as like this, like arrogant dick. Mm-hmm. And then you got Hollow Wicked, who is, I mean, he's been there forever and he's awesome. And you, you put him in a thing and he's good. I yeah. think that's really, you put Hollow Wicked in a match, it's probably going to be all right. Yeah. And Especially if you give him, and, and, and Bennett's at least can wrestle. Like, you know, yeah. he knows he what he's doing. Him. And what, what there was of a match to see before, Technical difficulties allowed me not to see any more of it. Yeah. Was good. And, and yeah. can we just point out the fact that the the technical difficulties from the live stream came when the Ring of Honor talent was in, in the ring? Yeah, uh, the biggest technical difficulty. Poor, there were some poor glitches. ROH. Poor ROH. I just uh, can't win. It's such a karmic I thing. I just can't win with the live streams. Can does, I? does ROH it need was... to hire a couple of nerds? Possibly. Oh God. Oh yeah. Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor's live stream issues have gone. They were like the very first indie wrestling iPay per view, and they've had nothing but terrible live stream issues ever since. <clears throat> Everything they, they've been terrible. Every other company has has surpassed them. They seriously are cursed with the live streams, including on shows where they're not the ones producing the show. Apparently. <laughs> Because with this with this match, Mike Bennett and Hollow Wicked, it was his match where the live stream went bad. And yeah. you could have seen it all over the internet. It was like, oh, see? The Ring of Honor guy shows up and now the live stream goes bad. Good job, Ring of Honor. You're messing up live streams that aren't even your own live stream. <laughs> and uh, on top of that, they kept glitching anytime they had Maria Canellis come up to... to uh uh, to talk more about the, the cause of the night. Uh, it, it's the, every time they would go to her, the stream would stop, would start glitching. So it, it was, it's like the curse of the ROH streaming. It's like the, the streaming curse that they have. They, they, anytime they approach the microphone or appear on camera, it's like, uh, internet candle. Uh, I, I don't know how what is still to this day, arguably the biggest indie company of all. Has it's not that they need nerd swagger; they need bandwidth. Yeah, really. They need yeah. ban- They need megabytes. They need, they need all the megabytes. megabytes. Yeah, they need all the megabytes. They need. They need a lot more megabytes, like a lot. Yeah. It's really bad. Maybe a tricaster. They they have not had one live stream that has not completely crashed. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And honestly, for this one, it may have also been, we've, maybe people have posited that it may have also been, uh, it's YouTube. <laughs> uh, more, you know, it's like, uh, they had the, they had the issues with YouTube. Um, uh, but <clears throat> it was fascinating it, to see. They're not the only thing that live streams on YouTube that has had issues and it not even just wrestling. So, uh, it could be a, a myriad of things, but, uh, it was a free show and, and, and the, it's more worth pointing out. Uh, these issues and how they affected uh, the experience. Only looking forward to uh, as a uh, as information for possible consideration if they want to do it for like eye per views and stuff like that. Take that into consideration as a fact. I wouldn't complain about it for this thing because you know what? It was free wrestling. I I had no problem PD, with it. PD. <laughs> Let's just realize it was simply just a fa- a way to make fun of Ring of Honor. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, pretty much. Anyways, 
they finished uh, at some point. Uh, we don't know how they finished, but they finished. Apparently, it was the Chikara special. Cool. Uh, <laughs> thank there, you. There TW. was a lot of the Chikara special off yeah. of her myriad uh, of reasons. Thank you to PW Ponderings for uh, at least being there and, and giving some of that information out there. Uh, they're cool dudes. Uh, they've been. Uh, they are big time indie wrestling supporters that people enjoy. But that uh, happened. And then there was the next match. Uh, Eddie Kingston came out to take on uh, the opponent that was uh, laid out for him this evening, uh, Dasher Hatfield. Originally, it was going to be Eddie Kingston versus Francis O'Rourke. Uh, Frank. With- Frank. <laughs> Sorry, it's Frank. My All of my documentation says his name is Francis. I'm just saying. It's Frank. It's, it's Frank. Frank. Uh, it's Frank. I forget. Frankly speaking, his name is Frank. And honestly, Eddie Kingston versus Frank O'Rourke, I I can imagine that, and that would have been amazing. <laughs> but we still I have, have a concussion just from the thought. Yes. Um. Yes. Uh, Eddie Kingston versus Dasher Hatfield. Uh. Interesting persona. Interesting kind of. Uh, persona that Eddie Kingston has been carrying over. I think a little bit of his, who he's been with, uh, in the Outlaw Link, uh, with, uh, Homicide. Uh, real quick, before they started doing this, were Homicide and Eddie Kingston teammates before? Um, hmm. Not so. really. No. Yeah. No, never. Uh, I'm uh, thinking, like, ever in CZW? No. I know for a little bit they were both in the Urban Wrestling Federation that went nowhere. No. Uh, this, you know, you would think after all these years for, for as long as they've been around that they would have been a team, but yeah. No. Cause like, uh, they were a team that I was always like, if I were to like book like different teams, I was like, Eddie Kingston, homicide, put them together, put, uh, Jay-Z's run this town <laughs> as their theme song. And there you go. You have a tag team. You know, bandanas over their their faces. That would be a fantastic tag team. It's been awesome. To Although, see that. It's been... I mean, we did have the Rottweilers for a few years, Petey. So that okay. that was kind of already it was kind of already done, just without Eddie Kingston. So yeah. eh, maybe that's why. Maybe that's why. But I, I'm still glad to see that. But carrying over that persona, very much like, uh. Not very much antagonizing the audience and Eddie Kingston very much, uh, making big proclamations about Chikara being dead, uh, tearing out up signs, threatening fans, uh, getting into a fight with a, with a seven year old. Yes. That was, that was, go ahead. What did you think of this, this match? So, so Eddie Kingston is, is really good at playing the, the just angry, angry human being. Yeah. Like every time I see him, he is just angry. Yeah. And that is he, his character is, is, is pure, unadulterated. Yeah. Anger. We've discussed it before where like we talk about all these silly characters. We, and on a previous episode, we talked about Chikara. You have all these silly characters, silly character, silly character. And then this angry dude from Yonkers comes up. Like, well, this is sort of what I, what I was, what my thoughts were watching, watching this and having, like, right before this, I went through all of the, 
like right before I watched the NPWD show, I watched all the Ashes videos just because I knew what was coming or assumed I knew what was coming. And like he blurs the he rides the line between face and heel because he's not strictly a heel. But because he is kind of likable because he's very much a like like an honest kind of from the heart guy. He's just angry. Yeah. And and like that, that is a really tough line to ride. And he does a really good job of it because like people like him, which mm-hmm. is, you know, when you think about someone who's just that angry all the time and then, you know, other side, you get Dasher Hatfield, who's a baseball. And and again, just, you know, he is he is a I, I assume probably for kids, probably one of their favorites every single time because he's yeah. kind of awesome. He has a he has and, a he has a team is a, a huddle. Before every match, and it's the yeah, and it's thing. and there was this kid who went to go beat the piss out of Eddie Kingston, you know, this kid, probably <laughs> somewhere between five and seven years old, if I'm estimating, and you can just see like Eddie's like, how do I work this? How do I make this into my character? How do I like one not let not not let this kid hurt himself, and two work this? And he like pulled a security guard and like did the whole like. Throw his he, hands up in the air. Oh my god, this kid's gonna kill me! And it was hysterical. He's like, he's like he ran and, and away with like, the quickest. Like, ah! <laughs> yeah, and it was like, if, I I hope there's a gif of it somewhere on the internet of just Eddie Kingston running away from a seven year old, and <laughs> maybe maybe like over top of it, you could pull, you could loop it, and then play the Benny Hill theme, and you'd have something. It really was like he tried to pull a Chuck Taylor and failed miserably. <laughs> yes, yes, that was. Uh, that's like, you almost have to like play that, uh, uh, in consecutive order. Chuck Taylor, Chuck Taylor, Chuck Taylor, and then Eddie Kingston. Uh, uh, nailed it. <laughs> it's like one of those moments you see where, uh, somebody does like a, like a backflip, uh, and then you, another person tries to do it and they land on their face. That's basically if you lined up Chuck Taylor scaring children and Eddie Kingston trying to scare this child, <laughs> which was hilarious. Uh, but of course they also had the, their match, which was, you know, classic, you know, Eddie Kingston, Dasher Hatfield, uh, pretty much what you'd expect, a uh, really fun match. Uh, did you enjoy, uh, the actual, uh, contest of it all and all these other moments from Eddie Kingston? <laughs> I personally was surprised with the finish, uh, Dasher pulling out the Oklahoma roll and getting the win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, uh... A nice and, little upset. Hey guys, just saying, if memory serves me, wasn't Dasher Hatfield a pretty high top contender for a little thing called the Grand Championship a while back? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. Uh, mm-hmm. and this, if, if we're, if Eddie Kingston is going to be the Grand Champion still, we don't know what's going to happen there yet, but if, depending on who's the grand champion and who is going to be, uh, how it's going to be decided, he could be a major player, uh, so to speak. <laughs> that delights me. I love Dasher Hatfield. Mm-hmm. All, all, base, all baseballs should come with mustaches pre-installed. Yes, yes. Like, uh, like if you want to make Major League play. Baseball fun again, mustaches on the ball. You yeah. can print that. It wouldn't, wouldn't change anything. A lot of- a lot of the players are bringing back the mustache. A lot mm-hmm. of them are. Yeah. Petey, you've seen it. You, you and I, we both 
follow MLB. A lot of them are bringing the mustache back. So it's gonna be, it's gonna be pitchers and catchers uh, report soon. So it's going to be interesting to see the mustache stylings as they come into spring training. Uh, and of course, it's really cool if if Dasher Hatfield does uh be become a more major player and start moving up and start making a name for himself. It's going to be really cool with how long he's been. <laughs> like, Dasher Hatfield is a very young character, but that dude, that dude has been around forever. <laughs> how long has, has Creator Wrestler been around? Like, when, when did Creator Wrestler debut? Do you remember DJ? Oh god, it might have been like 2006. Honestly, yeah, maybe even before that. Yeah, and uh, it, uh, eight years in the business, and it'd be really cool to see him t- kind of make those next steps, and it, it'd be really cool. Uh, but moving on uh, to this next match, uh, Eric Corvus taking on Sanjay Dutt. Uh, Sanjay Dutt, who of course, uh, if for Bacha Mania fans, uh, is somebody who deserves better, <laughs> at least to Bacha Mania fans. Uh, do, San- do you know what I, no, I saw him just as? Just in general. Just in yeah. general, Sanjay. I mean, I don't mean that as an internet meme. I'm, I'm speaking for real here. Sanjay San- Dutt is so fucking talented, and he's one of the most likable dudes in wrestling, and one, TNA let him go. They never let him have a run as X Division champion. He was always great. Yeah. And he hasn't been picked up by a major company anywhere. What do you know where fuck he, wrestling business? Do you know where he would have been a star? Go with me on this thought thing. WCW cruiserweights back in yes. the day. He would have been, been god of the cruiserweights. Yes, he's he so good. Like yeah. if you go you go through this whole show and I'm not I don't want to knock one other person on it because it was all really good matches. He is just another half a step above just about everyone mm-hmm. in yes. terms of and pure physical ability. Like he just honestly the stuff Swagger, he does in the ring is amazing. Swagger, he was for a while like one of the hallmarks of the TNA X division when it was at its strongest. Yeah. He was one of those top guys. In the TNA X division. I've said for the longest time, Sanjay Dutt was the best guy TNA ever had to never give, give him the X division title. I, yeah. I love Sanjay. Yeah, and Sanjay Dutt, Sanjay Dutt's been amazing ever since even when he was in, uh, in Major League Wrestling. Like, he was amazing back then. I remember back in the day seeing him at like two o'clock in the morning on the Sunshine Network. Uh, you know, the original player from the Himalayas. Uh, and not only that, dude is, whenever TNA would go to India, cause inexplicably TNA does fantastic internationally. Sanjay was a megastar over there. Whenever uh-huh. they would do anything in Japan, everyone liked Sanjay. Sanjay is a talented, Sanjay's a, a, a popular Indian wrestler who doesn't have acromegaly and can actually move, uh, uh, and can actually step uh, only, uh, one part of his foot without planting the other half of his foot. Like, he can actually what put his you, heel and then his, you, uh, ball of his feet, you know. What are you, what doesn't are you have going to stomp, on about? Doesn't have what to stomp on. What are you going on about? The great Kali is flat-footed and stiff. Like, he's like, oh, he has okay. to, 
Have you ever seen that the great Kali can never step only half of his foot? He he always stomps the entirety of his foot with every single step. Like I, I bam. think it's pretty. I, I I think it's because he has no knees. He's had like seventy six knee surgeries. So yeah. it's like the other but, thing is, yeah, but yeah, if just, if, if just he in were, general, I say to the wrestling business, WTF? Somebody's hire Sanjay. For God's sakes. Yeah. Here's the problem. I feel like if he was in, in WWE, they would turn him into some ridiculous racist character like they do with everyone that isn't, you know, white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. I think like they just turn him into like they, they would they would do some some bullshit with it and he'd be, you know, I think lately maybe I don't know. Uh, I don't know what it, we'd have to understand where. Uh, I assume he would walk to the ring with a flag of a country that their audience would not recognize. The people, uh, and, and this is the, the broad generalization of the WWE audience, doesn't know the difference between Iraq, Iran, India, Pakistan, and that whole fact that there's, you know, a million countries there all with wildly different cultures, only like one of which is really problematic to us. Yeah. And, and yeah. Also, also, Sanjay is Indian American. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's... But, but you, oh, because the WWE has never done anything in its history where they took someone of one race and turned them into another for a gimmick. It once they got an, made an indie guy be a Puerto <laughs> Rican. They had him play Puerto Rican or, or well, no Cuban. They had a Middle Eastern well, guy play a Cuban Muhammad, guy. Muhammad Muhammad Hassan was actually Italian. Yeah, which is fun. Uh but setting that aside, uh Sanjay Dutt, who deserves better, uh, taking on. Uh, Eric Corvus, who, uh, not, not to say bad things, <laughs> when we say Sanjay Dutt deserves better, we don't say he deserves, uh, we, that, uh, Eric Corvus is in a fine opponent to have a match against. Uh, Eric Corvus bringing in the steampunk style, uh, of wrestling into, uh, the National Pro Wrestling Day. Uh, what, ex- what experience have you had with, uh, Eric Corvus, DJM? Have you had any? Um, none, none at all. <laughs> I, mean, I just he came out of nowhere, and, and apparently, I, I guess he he's been around since two thousand one. Yes, apparently. Uh, you and, and yeah, wow. And you, also, first dude I've ever seen in a in the wrestling business doing steampunk. I mean, yeah. of course, we've seen plenty of plenty of guys and girls that will do cosplay of. There is nerdy things, but steampunk, that was new. Yeah. And sure, why not steampunk? Sure. Yeah. Uh, Eric Corvus, we've seen before in a previous, uh, Beyond Wrestling show, but he didn't, he's, he, he had been playing more of a, of a angry, uh, villain role that didn't play up the steampunk stuff. But I guess he, uh, now when it's National Pro Wrestling Day for a new fresh audience, he decided to, all right, let me bring back or let me ramp up. Or maybe this has been something that he's brought back in, uh, lately just in general, but let me bring back the, the, the steampunk style and let me, uh, ramp it up again. And, you know, he had his book. <laughs> he had his, uh, he had his book that he consulted, uh, always the, the able book to, of machinations. Yeah. The book of machinations, uh, always able to turn to the right page, uh, 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 astonishingly enough. Uh, but yeah, what, what did you think of this contest, uh, Swagger? I know you, you, you enjoyed the, the, the steampunk. 
I, I, I just sort of, my, my thing was like, oh my god, this is awesome. There can be a steampunk dude in wrestling and everyone's okay with it. I just, I, I don't subscribe to the steampunk thing, but I think it's really cool. It's like a thing I admire from afar. I would never do it. I'm not that invested in anything, but I think it's cool as hell. And when I inevitably see this guy at Dragon Con this year, I'll make sure I shake his hand and be like, thank you for bringing steampunk to wrestling, because I just assume he would go to that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, the match was good. I mean, it, it's sort of like, like, Eric Corvus was solid, but, like, you can't not be overshadowed by Sanjay Dutt. The guy's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And, and I feel like, like, it worked, but it's just, I, I'm like, do you know what I want to see? Dream match right now? Green Ant and Sanjay Dutt in the ring together. That would be basically my heaven. Right. Yeah. I, I would be a really cool match. Uh, hopefully, I would like to see Sanjay Dutt versus AR Fox. Yes. Sanjay That would Dutt work too. I have seen an AR Fox match. That guy can That yeah. guy can go. I'm in. That he's, guy can go. He's uh he's a little nutso bobutso, but he can go. Uh, he might end up killing himself uh in the ring, but he can go. <laughs> well not out in the ring, but maybe outside of the ring when he jumps over and lands the wrong way, but he can go. Uh, uh, but yeah, another, another fantastic showing by Sanjay Dutt, uh, and really cool stuff from Eric Corbis. But moving on, uh, we had a really cool little match, uh, by a couple of wrestling is standbys, uh, young talents in, in Shinra, in, uh, Juan Francisco de Coronado and Shinron, uh, Petey, 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 Petey. Oh my God, Shenron. Oh my God, OMG, OMG, OMG. Oh my God, Shenron. Why didn't anybody tell me about him? He is, uh, he's on the long list of uh, the, the, the dragon wrestlers. Uh, but he's, he's a fantastic young, uh, talent. Uh, uh share with us your excitement, uh, about Shenron DJM. Let's go into detail. Well, one, He's a dragon, which yes. I love. Two, he's extremely athletic, which is awesome. He was doing all sorts of crazy awesome stuff. Number three, I'm pretty sure I saw him attempt the Kamehameha yeah. multiple times in this match. He yes. didn't just attempt it, he connected. Yes. Yes. I truly, truly hope with every fiber of my being as a wrestling fan, that Shenron stays around because I, I, I kind, I kind of need it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, he was a fantastic, uh, athletic, fun talent. Uh, Swagger, what did you think of the contest? Um, I, the minute I, I saw one that there is a guy in wrestling named Shenron and two that it is not just by happenstance that he chose that name. I was delighted. And I love Juan Francisco de Coronado. He is, he is like one of the best indie wrestling heels I've seen. Cause he's just so ridiculous. And he can wrestle. He's good. He knows what he's doing, but he's such a good heel. Cause he just, he's this ridiculous guy in a bow tie and pink trunks. And I don't know. I, yeah. I did miss his manservant. I like that yeah. to me. If no one's polishing your boots. Herbert. Yeah, yeah, without Herbert polishing the boots, it w- it lost a little something. Yeah, but it was still it was, 
Her- Herbert the, was, there was conspic- a conspicuous by his absence. He he, he left a an absence uh, on the side of the ring. You know, a Herbert size guys, void. You guys, yeah. I I just did a quick Google search, and a match is going to be happening in Chile for Chile Lucha Libre, in which Shinron will be going one on one against Ar Fox. Nice. Uh, I, I'm 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 googling. I was googling. Uh, Air Fox was one of his trainers, along with Quack. So yeah. Th- this match may very well take place in the other world tournament with the the Kai's watching. Nice, <laughs> nice. Uh, hopefully that will earn uh something something good to the world. Hopefully someone will have their iPhone turned sideways as opposed to vertically, so we can watch it on YouTube. Yes, hopefully. Um, For shooting video, it's gotta be portrait. Gotta be landscape, no portrait. Yes, exactly. And of course, you know, like we said, uh, fant- fantastic talent, young talent, uh, gets us excited about the future of, uh, indie wrestling. Uh, speaking of, uh, young talents that get us excited about the future of, uh, indie wrestling, uh, we're gonna talk about, th- this is a match that didn't finish because of a very big reason, but we're also gonna, we're gonna talk about quickly about the talent. Heidi Lovelace versus Joe Pittman. Quickly, Heidi Lovelace has been uh, kind of making her headway uh, in the Indies lately, uh, especially in the wrestling is heart. She is a, a product of the, the the school of hard rock, but uh, you know uh, Billy Rock. I believe, she, yeah, she's a student of Billy Rock. Uh, There's a name I haven't heard in a while. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> and I imagine in, in wrestling is heart is the Billy Rock, uh, uh, addition to the wrestling is, uh, and they, they had a contest, you know, Joe Pittman, who Akuma said that if, uh, so nobody, uh, uh, books, uh, Joe Pittman and, um, uh, Mr. Touchdown as a tag team, they'd be crazy. <laughs> uh, I, I, the thing I said about Joe Pittman was he's basically Mr. Touchdown without the shoulder pads. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was my, my initial impressions. Uh, but yeah, in a very, and yet I could tell that I, I, he had his own little thing, but yeah, he's very much reminiscent of Mr. Touchdown. Uh, but he, in, uh, along with carrying the cup around, <laughs> carrying a cup around, uh, to the ring. Uh, DM, what have you, have you seen at the very least Heidi Lovelace around the ways? Oh, definitely. Definitely. I'm, uh, I believe also Heidi Lovelace has a win over the man known as the Grand Champion, Eddie Kingston. Mm-hmm. So, hey, we've got a couple of contenders for the Grand Championship should Shakara return and have that title in the not-too-distant future. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Heidi Lovelace. I think she's all right. She's all right with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Pittman, on the other hand, I had not seen. Uh, but, uh, my first instinct was, well, it was nice to see Alex Riley doing so well for himself. Yeah. Since he really hasn't been on WWE in a while. So, yeah, good for yeah. him. Good for him. Uh, Swagger, what did you think of, like, the, the, before we get into the shenanigans of the little match that they had, uh, while they had it? Um, it's gotta be really, really hard coming from Heidi's side to wrestle a guy twice your size. And probably almost as hard for him to wrestle someone half his size. And yet it was entertaining and back and forth. And I think that, that says a lot about their, their abilities that, you know, they, they, you know, Pittman played the, the 
you know, douchebag high school football player and, you know, threatened to throw her out into the crowd a couple times, which was kind of funny, actually. <laughs> and like he he earned points with me for making the match entertaining because all like what when you're when you're and, and this goes sort of anything when you're the tiny person in the match. And if it's the tiny versus the big, you know, the classic, let's let's put Rey Mysterio versus, you know, fucking giant guy sort of match. Your option is to kick them in the head repeatedly and bounce off of everything. And yeah. she did that really well. You cut, That's yeah. kind of all you can do. And she took an absolute monster powerbomb yeah. that looked like like looked brutal. Like yeah. she took some some hits yeah. and that that's, you know. So Maybe that's your thing. I don't know. That's that's <laughs> cool. that's kind of cool. Yeah, uh, you know, you got to be. You, that's the key thing. So you got to be be able to take a licking and keep on 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 kicking, ticking. Yeah, taking a licking and keep on ticking. Uh, You're doing great. Nice You're uh, doing my, great. <laughs> my brain paused there for a second. Uh but yeah, but yeah, and it was a fantastic match that didn't get to finish because of well things. Uh what happened, DJM? <laughs> Well, a whole bunch of bad guys from all the wrestling is promotions in Shikara came in, then out of, out of nowhere, then, uh, and, uh, Bickerish showed up, and then the submission squad showed up, and then there were a bunch of people in mass, and Doc Cube, and then out of nowhere, Jimmy Jacobs is there, and then a bunch of the Chikara heels, the BDK, holy mother of bejesus. Ours from the BDK came out of nowhere. Then all of a sudden, Tursus was there. And then Dr. Q bought in his hooded minions. And then the good guys from Chikara, led by Icarus, showed up. And they didn't have a whole lot of people. It was like, they were like really, 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 really outnumbered. And something the submission squad said that they weren't alone. And then, wow, out of nowhere, oh my god. The hooded guys were actually the Chikara guys. And uh, now everybody's fighting it. Oh my God, Shakara's fighting. Shakara's not gonna go away. I forgot to mention Kizarni, uh, Sin Bodhi and his, um, auditorium. Hey, and then hey, they're hey. fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting. And then Shakara's fighting back against the bad guys that tried to erase Shakara. And then they were kind of outnumbered, so they weren't doing too well. But then out of nowhere, holy mother of God, coming out of a DeLorean smoke everywhere, showing that the clearly travel through time from parts of own 3.0 and Archibald Peck come in and even the score the Chikara guys fight off the bad guys and they run away and it was awesome and it was amazing and ah, ah. yes and and then Icarus holds up a simple sign uh, to the uh, camera uh, with the date 52514. May 2514 says, Tell everyone we're coming back. And lo and behold, by the way, Rave, Fanny Pack audience, a Mr. McSwag is the 12th anniversary of the first Chikara show. Mm hmm. How Uh, appropriate. Yes. Uh, Swag, what was your reaction? Because you watched this live. And I was here for this moment. Yes. I, cause I watched, I watched a bunch of the show and then I had to go do something and then I came back and I came back like during, I think I came back and caught sort of 
the second half of it. And, um, yeah, I was, I was a little child and I loved seeing the, you know, if you go back, the faces and heels on the same side. I was like, Osirian Portal and Los Ice Creams together. That's yeah. wonderful. And then I love 3.0 and anytime you get 3.0 on screen, I am in because yeah. they are, they're everything beautiful in the world. And I, I, I realized that like the one person of the like, like big Jakara crowd I'm really unfamiliar with. It's Archibald Peck other than pictures of him. Cause just in the stuff I've seen, he's never been in it other than with a, you know, a ridiculous mask and a bird. Um, I will so, say, oh, sorry. But, but I, 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 did you, the, did you see Petey? Did you see during all of this? Archibald Peck and Mr. Touchdown actually hug. Yes, I saw that. Archibald Peck the, and Mr. Touchdown the, hug. The band nerd and the football dude actually reconciled their differences in the name of the Chikara Pro, as yes. Ultramantis Black would say. Yes. It was, it was I loved the assailant, like, full-on face turn. Like, uh-huh. like him just sort of, because he's sort of been, like, riding that line for a while. And I loved him, like, going to it and i can't believe we haven't mentioned this but i and i know what it is but what the ever-loving fuck was icarus wearing <laughs> that is his new i'm a good guy now gear so which is which is old party Janetti gear that we don't have to see his back needed. tattoo you can yeah. still see the back tat that's the thing if he was gonna go it, for it, it you can out. still see the back tat it still peeks out but it, it, it mostly I mean, covers I mean, it I mean, I figure it, it, what it needs is some fringe, like Ultimate Warrior style, and I think it would really be something. As long you know. as there's no capes. No capes. No capes, but, but fringe. Yes. Like wrist fringe. Yes. And maybe some fringe on his boots. Maybe. They still do that? Can you still get that done? I don't know. I don't know enough about the people who make wrestling outfits. You know what, but, when, uh, when, when more wrestling needs more of tool. Maybe like tutus <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> I, I also, like, and, and again, I am relatively new to the Chikara scene, but all I've known Icarus as is kind of a heel. Like, not like a, like a, like, sort of this arrogant guy with the tattoo who's just kind of, you know, he's kind of a bad guy for the sake of being a bad guy, and I love seeing him as a face. He's awesome. Yeah. He's, uh, he, he, he had he, his, he had his come to Jeebus moment at, uh, uh, Anniversario, Never Compromise. Uh, and he's been on the on a proverbial crusade ever since. Uh, and it, it for works for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got he's got some really bad hair. Yeah, he's got a really bad outfit. Mm-hmm. He still has the really bad tattoo, but like, you can't help but like him now. Uh, like, he's just he's like fighting for the thing that is him. He's fight, and it's it's really good, and I like it. And I'm I'm like I'm, I'm in. Can, can we can we point out though that there were at least in my mind and I am not the again the Chikar expert in the room two very apparent missing faces. Let's from, talk from, about one of them. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about one of them. Swagger, you did allude to the fact that two were missing. Uh, one of them I will talk about. <clears throat> uh, who who was the other? One of them in my mind there were two people I was like. That are in my mind the Jakar people, Mike, Quackenbush, and uh, fucking Jigsaw, and mm. I didn't see either of them because no. I saw I saw Shard, which is like the cheap knockoff Jigsaw. It's sort of like the Kmart Jigsaw, 
and they were kind of a thing together, but that's just to me, the characters just came out Jigsaw. And I thought, like, in my mind, I'm like, Jigsaw, this is your chance to, like, reset the whole being a bad guy thing, be good again, and... Well, well, he's... Fair point. Uh, Shard is the uh, psycho ranger of Jigsaw. I think we've established... (laughs) But in the case of Mike Quackenbush, if you saw in one of the recent Ashes videos, uh, he was walking with a cane. Uh, during the, the big showdown, the big battle, 17 of the Gakido, who, as some of you may remember, is kind of the, the bizarro Mike Quackenbush, mm-hmm. uh, he was, he was removed from the scene, uh, quite literally with a cane. He was pulled away with a cane mm-hmm. and uh i wonder who that might have been mm-hmm. uh and mike himself said on an interview uh, a couple of interviews that he's done after national pro wrestling day that while he is fairly certain that he, he is at the end of his in-ring career as an in-ring performer uh he he appreciates that people were noticing he was not there but he 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 has said that it was not his moment. Uh, he he has said many times that the thing that people love about Chikara the most is Chikara itself. It's not just one guy. Um, do I totally agree with that? No. I think that if there is one person that would be most identifiable to the Chikara brand, and that would be most synonymous with Chikara, it would be the and himself, Mike Quackenbush. But Mike himself did one of those things that wrestling promoters and bookers and writers that are also performers very rarely do. He avoided making himself the focus of the show. And while I love Mike Quackenbush as a performer and as a writer, I commend him for that. Mm-hmm. I, I just yeah. feel like his presence should have been part of it, even if he wasn't, like, out there leading, you know, I, I think it was a good idea to have Icarus be sort of the quote-unquote face of of this rebirth of Chikara. I like that as an idea because he's been there since forever, and he's good, and he he can do it. But, I like, I, I feel like there should have been a triumphant moment with Mike in the ring, too. Maybe next And week. I feel the same way. Most people probably know I'm kind of a fan of Mike Quackenbush. I, I'm I'm a little bit of a fan of his. A little <clears> bit. Crush. A little bit. A little bit. Uh, the word man crush has been thrown out on occasion in regards to my my fandom towards Mike Quackenbush. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do understand his point of view. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I definitely agree with that. Uh, do, and- do we know anything about Jigsaw? Jigsaw, like, no. I the mean, the thing is, Jigsaw. Like, for last no. last time we saw him, he was in one of the wrestling news promotions, still teaming with Shard as the pieces of hate. And the, I, even if he was on the bad team, but like, like to me, so like that might be something that nothing is from going TNA to either. Re- nothing from TNA either. So it might, honestly, it it might be something that is going to a shoe that is going to drop, a shoe yet to drop. Okay. Cause I, I just, I felt like that was a, was a missing, like in my mind, the thing I, I would wanted to happen in there was 
was him going, you know, because as I understand it, he was kind of a face back in the day. Yes. And then, and this and then is he, he went, and then he heel turned, which, which I, I get it. You got a heel turn. The, the everybody, super everybody kick, does. The super kick halt heard around the Chikaraverse. And then I thought this would be a really good time for him to, to sort of the super reset kick, everything. The super kick that, that caused Rick this Foster to have those the most the hilarious on camera reaction that he had <laughs> there live. This is one of those things that Mike actually talked about in his, his interviews in that a lot of times wrestling fans are not willing to wait for things. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one of those moments, I think, where we might just have to wait for it to happen mm-hmm. because we're still a little bit of ways away from, from May. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've got my ticket, uh, coming my way. Uh, I believe I, you... I, I do too. Yes. Uh, I'm excited. I'm <laughs> totally planning. first thing I did when I saw it go up was like, okay, who can I take that I live near? Yeah. And like my boss at my last job is a big wrestling fan and is at least familiar enough with Chikara. I'm like, Hey, you want to go to a Chikara show? And he's like, are they around? I said, yeah, reunion. He's like, yes, let's go. So I bought yes. tickets. Yes. Uh, and I've got to see if I want to make it, make it a weekend in, in New York, but I am planning on going and we will be there live all together, uh, theoretically. And it's going to be glorious. Uh, and of course, uh, to, in order to be able to help sink in the moment, we had a fun little bonus main event. Uh, Icarus, the colony and the Osirian portal. Uh, took on the Pateri, uh, and Los Ice Creams, uh, Cobalt and the Pateri and Los Ice Creams. Uh, and it was exactly what it, what it supposed, it was supposed to be and, uh, fun and, and fantastic. And Los Ice Creams were amazing. <laughs> Los Ice Creams were amazing. Elihu held the ice cream with his pseudo bushwhacker thing that he kept doing to the audience. Oh, that was hilarious. Uh, did you guys, I imagine you guys enjoyed the, the, the bonus main event, the, the little extra icing on the top of this Sunday. It, it, I love it because one, the lineup is just brilliant. Like it's, it's like every, <coughs> every good person who's, who's normally in like a tag match in Shakara all, all together. Let's throw all the storylines out the window and just like put, put 10 awesome people in a ring and let them go at it. And, and I, there was a 10 man suplex and it was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in a wrestling match ever. Cause it was just, it's why I, I like Chikara because it just doesn't, it doesn't pretend to be anything that it is. And it is fun. It is wrestling for the sake of being professional wrestling. Whereas I think the, a lot of the things CZW comes to mind, take it way too damn seriously, and it's all about trying to kill each other. And WWE, it's just a boring soap opera with, with steroids. Chikar is fun, and this match was ridiculously fun. You had, you know, the Batiri who are incredible as a team. Like, I think, I think they would be probably way less fun to watch if they were individually in something, but they work so, so well together. And the, you know, Fire Ant and Green Ant, who again, great together mm-hmm. like i am i'm a big green ant fan mm-hmm. he just i yeah. don't know why i don't know why i can't explain to you why i think green ant is like the best guy in anything yeah but he is the best guy in anything as far as i'm concerned yeah. and and i got to see the most illegal move in wrestling yes yes we brought that and it back was, 
and right. like I've never seen Amasis wrestle because I guess like he got really hurt for a while and took a lot of time off. That was, as I understand it, what happened. Yep. And and like I've I've seen uh, Aphidian and Aphidian's good, but Amasis is freaking mesmerizing in the ring. Maybe it's the dance moves, but he just like he's got this thing he does and it's really good. And also. Also, I love that uh, they themselves, obviously one of their biggest uh, personal influences, uh, it, as, as evident, and I imagine everybody can see it, obviously, for the both of them, is the Wu-Tang Clan. Uh, and I love that they went out and got themselves, at, got somebody to make them a, a, a pseudo Wu-Tang beat for their entrance music, because uh, it is fantastic. If anybody can go out there and listen to the uh, the current Osirian portal theme, it is fantastic in its very Wu Tang esque nature. Uh, and it's really cool. Uh, but yeah, it was just a fun bonus main event. And Chikara's back! Chikara! Oh, and we got Icarus with the yeah, Chikara special. Right. It was alright. It's alright. It's alright. Ended with the Chikara special. Right. Were you, were you still breathing when this happened or had you the the had the invasion made you unconscious and on the floor i will put it this way gentlemen have you ever been truly truly in love i i, I believe i have yes there you go yeah. that's wow. what it was yeah it, wow. it all it all came back <sighs> it all came back I, I mean, I was, I smiled like a friggin' school child. Yeah. I mean, like, we, we I saw it coming, but we, so we, happy. even knowing that it might have happened and getting the inkling that it was going to happen, it was just a, such a beautiful moment. It, when it all I, I even spoke to this, uh, at a show, uh, a Chikara show, uh, we must eat Michigan's brain. I actually had the pleasure of speaking with Bryce Remsburg about this for a moment, and I said, Chikara is what made me love wrestling all over again. And now that it is appearing to come back, it, it, it all came back. Yes. It all came back. Uh, yeah. And we, it, that old fantastic feeling. Uh, we look forward to more and we will be there on May 25th. But that was, but that's it for. National Pro Wrestling Day. We had a blast talking about it. Uh, Patrick, to, uh, g- give them a little bit of a, what's, what are you doing on the, on the internet? What other podcasts could you possibly be doing over that somewhere? Was, uh, so that was the smoothest transition you've ever had, Petey. Uh, so, uh, Petey and I in our spare time do a podcast about the musics, which is something we were both really passionate about. It's sort of a round table where, one member of our group picks an album and we all listen to it and then we, uh, we all hate on it for each other or love on it for each other or some, something in between. It's called Record Breakers. You can find it at rebelli.net. Uh, I believe recordbreakers.com is also a thing. Mm-hmm. Recordbreakerspodcast.com. Uh, it's also, at, uh, we can follow the show at four record breakers, number four record breakers. Uh, and check out all the episodes there. DJM, what's going on over at Delta Julia Mike? Shooting the shit with two nerdy black guys is still going strong. The Nanashi anime podcast will be coming back. Lily is moving into her new house soon, so it's not going Yay. away. And I don't know. I always say that I'm trying to do stuff, but now that I've got this really good, fast internet, 
like crazy, almost business like internet business speeds. Maybe I'll do something more with it. I was playing around with open broadcaster software earlier today, so that yeah. that might lead to something. That might lead to something. Uh, give Lily my best because she's rad. Uh, Lily is rad. Lilyinverse.com. Go buy her things. Uh, but you can of course follow the, uh, me at PD Rave. Uh, PD is in Williams. Rave is in Jimmy. All in one word. You can follow DJM at Just Call Me DJM. Uh, you can follow the show. At Fanny Pack WP, uh, you can check out all of our past episodes at fannypackwrestling.com. Uh, you can, f- uh, rebelli.net for this show and by other shows, including Record Breakers or Juku if you're into the K-pop or the J-pop. Or maybe we'll do the Mando Pop sometime. I don't know. You never know. Uh, or, you know, the dramas and the, and the whatnot. Uh, East Asian pop culture from a couple of non-Asian yahoos. Uh, but check that out all at Rebelli.net. Uh, go on, we're on iTunes, Stitcher, things, follow, subscribe, uh, share, like, and put things, thumbs up. Uh, but until next time, hasta luego. Tell them to download, download. Download, download. Until next time, hasta los huevos. I'm sorry for messing up your rhythm there for a second. I got the rhythm, I got the music.